0: Welcome back to the Travel Commando podcast, everybody. Today is Travelers Roundtable Favorite Destinations. I'm here with awesome travelers Cindy and Lome, who are not strangers to jet lag, unrecognizable food, or damaged luggage. (laughs) Ladies, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank Thank you. you.
0: I like to give a small gift to each person who comes to the podcast, so I want each of you to have one of these scarabs from Egypt.
2: Oh, Oh, thank you
0: i like this to give away... so cool. Li- oh,
2: I like to think of the mummy. <laughs> I know! <laughs> <a> nice-
0: <laughs> I'm, s- I'm sorry Brendan couldn't be here.
1: <laughs> oh, darn <laughs> it. Um,
0: I'm also sorry Rachel couldn't be here. <laughs> Next, time. Okay. Next time. Next time. Next time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to give a little gift from a previous trip to each guest. Thank so you. I hope you guys Thank like you. your scarabs.
2: Yeah, I do. Um,
0: so, this being a Favorite Destinations roundtable, that's what we're talking about today, our favorite destinations, so let's find out what they are. Cindy, what is your favorite destination?
2: I am forever in love with Ireland. I love that country. It, it really is the Emerald <laughs> Isle, like they say. It is amazing, not only to see like the countryside, but the people too.
1: It's beautiful, it's great.
0: Awesome, I can't wait to hear everything about it. Lomay, what's your favorite destination?
1: Mine has to be Korea. I okay. I was, I was already right. in love with Korea like as a child and then being a, having the opportunity to go um, and interact with the people last year, it was just it was a dream come true.
0: Wow, that's amazing to hear somebody say a dream come true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and mine was also a dream come true when I went. Uh, My favorite destination situation is a little strange because it's a tie between two very different places Um, But for the purpose of this podcast, I chose Paris and one of the reasons for my choice is that uh, Cindy mentioned to me that she did not especially enjoy Paris And I think a forum like this one is really suited to a discussion like the one that we could have Uh, Because if I was looking for people who saw everything the same way I do, why would I travel, right? Yeah. So, Cindy and Lomé, of course, I could have done a bunch of research on these places, but part of my goal for myself and for the audience is seeing the destinations through your eyes, okay? So, Cindy, we'll start <clears throat> with your favorite destination, as you have to depart a bit earlier than Lomé. And hopefully we can get into some discussion about our differing perspectives on Paris. Yeah. But for now, Ireland. So first of all, is it green or what?
2: <laughs> just a tad, just just a tad green. Every now and then you see some green. No, it's beautiful. It's just green fields. Everything I've ever, everything I had ever seen it painted to be, was exactly that. Love it. Great, just amazing.
0: Gotta love that. Yes. Tell us about castles.
2: Oh. oh. <laughs> Do you have some castles to tell us about? Yeah, okay. they were great. So my favorite. Well, no, I can't even say my favorite. We started when we started our. We drove around Ireland, and we started in Dublin and ended in Really? Dublin, yeah,
0: like drove yourselves? Yeah. Like, did you drive? No,
2: I, I wasn't the driver that time. But I was the I was the co-pilot.
0: I'm still brave.
2: Yeah, super crazy. Wow. <laughs> we, we had one minor incident, but you know we'll <laughs> talk about that another day. Okay. <laughs> uh, but castles, um, the Blorney Castle is where we stand. Started on, and that was just beautiful. It, it was the first castle I saw. It was. It's. Huge, just you know, you see those things, and you're like, "How in the world did somebody build this?" You know, just like so many other national monuments or, or world monuments. I'm sorry, like how how was it made? Anyways, I did do the kissing rock. <laughs> oh
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> kiss the rock. I sure that did. That
0: explains all of this talk. Does it mean that
2: mean you going get married? <laughs> no, it just means I could do it. <laughs> Flexibility goals were were made, you know, or accomplished that day. But yeah, Blarney Castle was great. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite one though was um, the Abbey. The oh, I just left the, the name of it just left me. It's in it's heading up towards the north of Ireland, and um, it's it's so beautiful. And the name will come to me in just a second, but I can't remember it. Um, it used to be uh, Abbey, and the, oh, I'm sorry, it used to be a castle. Then it became abbey and then it a home and then they restored it to the abbey
0: it's oh, god it's I love it oh my goodness
2: I'm, 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 I'm pretty, pretty sure she it. doesn't
0: mean Downton Abbey
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all I all I see is just sound of music you <laughs> know there you go there you go the I totally abbey. sang the sound of music right. while I was there for sure for sure um but yeah the the castles there definitely amazing when we ended our journey we ended it by staying in a castle in, oh. in Dublin, Yeah. So we stayed at Clontarf Castle, which was really
0: cool. I'll be looking it up. Yeah. How was that?
2: Yeah, that was fun. It was really fun. You know, they they kept the nice castle charm. The rooms, though, were made a little bit more modern, you know, just up to the day, I guess you could say. So a
0: level of charm somewhere between chamber pots and... (laughs)
2: There There was a happy balance. (laughs) The
0: uh, restroom on the space station, I guess.
2: Yeah, there you go. Bowls. There you go. Kylemore Abbey. I'm sorry, Kylemore. Kylemore. Okay. That, that place. It was insane. It, I don't know. I could just stand there and look at it forever, and it's just the abbey, without exploring the grounds. The grounds are even more beautiful. But just, it's right in front of a big lake, and it's just sitting on the side of a mountain. It's insane. It's so do
0: they? Is it? Do they do separate tours of the grounds and the interior of the abbey? grounds with exterior so the do they tour, package it like that yeah
2: the tour it, the tour um so it would do the abbey and then you could do they did like a general of the grounds um because the grounds are so big so they okay. kind of just took you out like the like a little superficial and explained a lot about it and then they just kind of let you go explore.
0: is it a horse-drawn carriage type of situation no. <laughs> or are wish. you in a golf car i wish
2: no no you walk the whole thing <laughs> you walk oh. the whole thing okay. It was. It's great, though. It's, it's worth it. It's so pretty. Just, like, every time you keep walking, it just keeps changing because it's, like, you know, this type of a garden, and then there was a garden, like, dedicated to just sculptures, and then it was dedicated Love to that. all this other stuff. Oh, it was great. It was
0: great. Love that. Someday when I have my money, I'm going to have my sculpture garden.
2: There you go, right?
0: So you drove. Would, would you say that's the best way to get around Ireland?
2: I for sure would because part, I think, of the charm of Ireland is just the countryside. and
0: How awesome.
2: Flying does... It just it doesn't do it justice. Like it, it's quick in time, obviously, but Ireland itself isn't too big. So road. are those the
0: distances we're talking about? You'd be flying. Is it, there's yeah. not there's not like a, a train system or.
2: There is, um, but for the destination, we wanted to stop. I guess there weren't enough stops at the destinations okay. we wanted to go to. Yeah.
0: That makes sense.
2: So for us, driving was definitely worth it, and we enjoyed. I mean, aside from the city, Dublin was the hardest place to drive in. But once you're out of the city, it was so great the windy roads the beautiful countryside it was terrific we one on one of our drives we ended up pulling over at this little place because it started raining it looked like a a, kind of like a yurt nice (laughs) (laughs) and we're like okay we'll see what they have because it said it said fresh scones and soup Mm. yeah and we're like we were hungry and we're like we were a little tired that day and so we're like okay it's raining well, why not we this got there this is perfect right yeah oh my gosh we were the only ones in there it was like it was like a ginormous yurt sort of a thing but it was made of stone wow. and yeah, yeah and they had like a fire going right on the side and the fresh scones were amazing and that it was like a tomato soup that they had that was just that memorable that I will never forget that we were Crazy. so happy we were so happy we sat there for like two hours just it was good. Was it out of nowhere? Yeah. Because, you know, it turns into How countryside. Yeah. It turns, when you're driving, it turns into countryside, and then you will randomly drive through, like, a little village, and then it turns back into countryside. And so, like, we're like, we need to stop. Just the next place you see is where we're going to pull over, and that's what we happen to see. And we're like, all right, that, that's what it is.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was someplace fantastic. It was
2: amazing. And the lady was so nice. Are hey, you on holiday. And we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So it was good.
0: You was have no nice. idea, lady. <laughs> um, so before the interview, you said something to me about the specific houses and towns in Ireland uh, being one of your favorite things. Can you tell us some more about that? Oh
2: uh, Yeah, those little towns. Blarney was, I really did like Blarney. That had one of the prettiest places ever. And what I liked about Ireland is as some later on in one of the tours that we took, they explained to us that um, Ireland itself has this like national thing that all the towns kind of compete for. It, I guess it would be like the best preserved town. So it adds to the culture sticking around and like the heritage of Ireland staying around, the Gaelic and everything like that. But it also just adds to the splendor of it because they want, they're so proud of their town and of their country and everything that they make that splendor shine in each city. And I was like and then they get they get I think it was like a tax credit or some kind of a credit for doing that. So I was like, Yeah. So that's so charm, there's incentivization
0: amazing. to stay as Irish as possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know.
2: That's a pride. Interesting idea. <laughs> I know, and right? Keep the get, Irish yeah. Get, Keep it around. That's
0: the program Trump needs to be on.
2: <laughs>
0: I'll pay you out of my own pocket to stay as American as possible. Just <laughs> so leave it at that. That's silver. So were the houses like Super storybook cute. Oh,
2: yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Everything in yeah. I can see it in your face. Yeah, like the little, the little, like, what was it? Like, it looked like the straw roof, you oh, know? My oh, my gosh. They were so pretty, and just, they were different colors, and they still had, like, the little dirt roads, and it was, it was amazing. So, so yeah.
0: Everything's a cottage? Yeah. Regardless basically. of size?
2: Basically. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my <laughs>
0: gosh. Was it farm territory?
2: Um, Some parts. Some parts were.
0: Nice. Did you see sheep?
2: oh i sure did did
0: they look lonely
2: no you know what and something else i found out about the sheep in ireland because like we'd see like all these sheep along this beautiful countryside but the thing that was funny is i'm like they all were like spray painted
0: oh with numbers
2: no like they all had like a a big red dot or a big blue dot on them and we were like Hmm. at first we're just like oh those poor sheep they probably like you know touched red (laughs) paint or something like that you know no. no,
0: they're, they're, they're marked. <laughs> one
2: of the very nice locals was like, "No, <laughs> that is not what happened. They're like, you know, because a lot of the the towns still share pastures. Sure. So that way, yeah, <laughs> you know who sheep it is, and I was like, you know who. That's awesome. That's that's genius. I love that
0: you <laughs> so, were thinking yeah. they like brushed up against a freshly painted house. <laughs> totally All did. of them, right? I know. <laughs> and one side of the house was red and one was blue. <laughs> yeah.
2: I know. I was like, wow. There goes my naive, under-the-rock self.
0: When I see marked sheep, I always worry that they'll become archery targets. <laughs> you know? But hopefully not. Hopefully not. And if so, hopefully it's because somebody needed me. And
2: they,
0: not just because they saw a blue and red circle. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. That's, it sounds just charming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know?
2: that's And that's exactly why I think it's my favorite place. I love
0: that they're incentivized to keep it charming. Yeah. That's... Kind of. I wonder to what level they'll eventually take that.
1: Yeah. Right. How like, Irish can you be? I know. Right. And what behaviors <laughs> they'll so forbid exactly. because they're not strictly Irish. True. The, true, true. the next step true, will true. be
0: finding people for not being <laughs> I know. Irish I dare enough. You. I dare you? Dare um, you? So okay. I don't know a lot about Ireland, but I'm going to say three words, and I think you're going to have a lot to say by way of reply for our listeners. Ring of Carrie. Oh. <laughs> Let's hear it, Cindy.
2: <laughs> okay. Well anybody who goes there I will suggest don't drive there we were smart oh. enough yeah no we were smart enough to book uh, a tour it was a, a okay. guided tour around there okay. yeah so we were on a big stage coach they were called Darrow stage coaches and shout out yeah major shout out to them they were great but um it's it's quite dangerous going around the ring of carry if you driving wise it's well, literally on the side of a cliff
0: and do I understand correctly that it's buses, private cars, hired drivers, every kind of vehicle on that road at the same time.
2: Exactly. Yep, that's okay. exactly. And it's a tiny little road.
0: I, I I kind of picture something like obviously, you know, greener, but like those passes in the Himalayas yeah. where cars find themselves in those situations and it takes an hour to resolve. Yep.
2: Yep. I totally sat on the like inside cuz I'm like Maybe, like, if the bus goes over the edge, I can jump out the window.
1: <laughs> wow, that's... It's an interesting I had my traveler's rationale. Yeah,
2: not that that was actually, you know, probably going to happen because, let's be honest, but, you know, that was my game well, plan. Yeah,
0: Maybe I'll be thrown clear <laughs> if the bus tumbles. There you go.
2: But, yeah, the, the our driver... So what I liked about it because he drove us around, you know, we had a lot of stops. You could pick as many stops as you want for the tour, but he drove us around, and part... As as beautiful as the Ring of Carry was, I think I told you before that the thing that made it was our tour guide, our driver. Oh, that can he was make
0: a big difference. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And a little <laughs> shout out to cousin Bill in Hawaii. No,
2: <laughs> there you <go>.
1: sorry.
2: no. <laughs> so he he was great because he was the one who was explaining all of this stuff. You know, like a lot of the towns, he was the one who told us about you know why they keep them so well preserved. You know, and everything.
0: Like oh, you that. learned that from him. Yeah,
2: learned that from him. Um, And Killarney I liked Because he gave us the legend of the goat That comes down from the mountains
0: Um, I love a good goat story Yeah
2: (laughs) And they have Because they have this huge statue of a goat (laughs) Right before you get in And everyone's like (laughs) What is that? And he's like Well the legend goes that The goat comes down You know On this time of year To have his pint of beer And everyone's like Or to have his pint of Guinness And everyone's like Oh Oh And he's like or you know they just go kill him and bring him down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was like hilarious and it just it was just so funny. He's like to this day that same tradition is followed. He's like not really for the goat but just to drink. <laughs> it was great. It was yeah. Great. It's not
0: all about the goat, is it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like hey, at least the goat has his own monument. Why not, right? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Why not? But yeah, the um, the, the sight seeing there was was really great. I like the stuff that we had along the way um, we stopped in like the Highland part of it, which was really pretty, and um, the restaurant that we stopped at too, where they had amazing, amazing seafood. Um,
0: That's really interesting to hear you say. I feel like most people from the States would be with me on this page, but again, not particularly informed so I don't know, but I definitely do not associate Ireland with like great food. Oh. But do you love me?
1: you, know, do you think I'm, of it that way? Fish and chips, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well I will say that. Their fish and all chips right. were just the bomb.
0: The top end, yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: Guinness <laughs> stew, Guinness stew for sure. Amazing. Just and you know, it's different because I don't know, all the all the Guinness stews that I've ever had in the States, even if it's at an Irish restaurant, you know, in different in different states, like it's just not nearly as good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't even touch it. Like it does it, well, it's an imitation, off. Right? Yeah. So. But I'm like i this is not what I ordered. Like,
1: so. <laughs> the difference is the preserved air.
2: Exactly. Right? There we go. There we go. Something about it, but yeah, mm. but yeah, the the food there was amazing. It's very it's very hearty food. <laughs> Potatoes, meat, lots of meat.
0: And would you say that of of the food on your whole trip through Ireland? Yeah. Pretty consistently.
2: Pretty consistent. Wow. yeah Yeah. All right.
0: Good to know. Yeah. Um, hmm. My my my. <laughs> Little bit of experience with the United Kingdom drove me to American fast food, but I'm, 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 <laughs> that's also my weakest. My weakest point as a traveler is my palate, for sure. Oh. So, what specific sites did you visit on the Ring of Kerry?
2: Um, so, going along the Ring of Kerry, we stopped. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it right now; it just left me. But um, it was the very top of the mountain, like the highest peak there. And it was funny because when we got there, there were these like cute little old Irishmen, like, old, old Irishmen from their farm, like, down the road, and one of them had, like, a baby lamb and, like, a baby donkey, and oh. and they were dressed in, like, their, you know, like, their, their wellies, they're like, old wellies, and their Irish, you know, cotton sweaters and their hats, and they had their thick, thick Irish accent, and they're just like, you want a picture, and we're like, oh my gosh, yes, so... I have my picture with the donkey, the baby donkey, and the whole of my friends holding the lamb, and it was funny, because it's just like the little charm, I mean, you know, sheep are a token in Ireland, and so it just added to it, like, you're at the top of this beautiful, natural, you know, park area overlooking the sea, and you have this, like, Irish influence right there, and they're selling scones, and
0: it was great kind of sounds like those two guys should be heavily taken care of by the government. <laughs> they sound as Irish as it gets. I, I can't believe one of them didn't hand you a potato. <laughs> not to stereotype, but...
2: They hand it as a sheep.
0: Like. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the potatoes. <laughs> it
2: was great.
0: It was great. Um, do you believe in leprechauns?
2: <laughs> I, I did find some clovers, so uh, I'm sure there's something out there. Did
0: you find any gold?
2: No, no gold, unfortunately. Yet. No, 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 yet. yeah, exactly.
0: What about uh, what about liquid gold? <laughs> Some Irish whiskey. Oh,
2: my gosh, yes. You know, and, and on my trip, it was, I don't remember paying very much for the wonderful Guinness or, you know, <laughs> Irish drinks there, <laughs> because when you, like, all the little towns that we went to, they're so friendly. That they're just like are you here on holiday here have a drink have a pint tell us your story where are you going and we're That's like beautiful. okay yeah so and you know the bands would start and then the band would be like drinks on the house from us and so like really you just kind of got like served drinks and it was so funny like that one time this is when we were in northern ireland in belfast like the the what do you call it everybody at our table you know since there's so little space like we had like a table that sat like 15 people. Oh so like, we all didn't know each other, but we all just sat together because we're like, why not? And we all, you know, started having fun. And when like the busser boy came around to pick up the drinks, he's like, this is an Irish tragedy. He's like, everyone's out of liquid. <laughs> and he totally went and got our whole table, a whole refill of whatever we had.
0: Ireland must just get its liquor free. I
2: think
1: <clears throat> so. No, it has to. It's on tap. It, like, like a, comes I, out of the hose. Like. I think there's
0: a, a spring somewhere with whiskey and beer coming out of
1: yeah, it. Yeah. That's where the leprechaun
2: is. I know. <laughs> the, the, I will say this, though. Like, the, we we went to the Guinness Beer Factory, and there's Guinness oh. coming down the sides of the walls. Oh, They have, oh, like, nice. a waterfall okay. of Guinness. So that makes perfect sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I just want you to know that I invented that in my apartment in college. <laughs> be expecting a little something from the Guinness Corporation for that. <laughs> um, so at this point, Cindy, I'm just going to open it up to you, and if there's anything else you want to say about the Republic of Ireland or North Ireland or anything about the trip, please do.
2: i, I got to say, I think one of the tokens, too, is just the people. They are so nice. Everyone there is so friendly and just happy to talk to you and, again, just proud of where they are. Um, proud it of their country yeah it it's beautiful difference. and they're they're willing to talk to you and I think that's just the thing is they're just like are you here let me share my story with you and we're like okay you know and I love it. It, it was funny one of the B's we stayed at the the their family had been in that one little town for I don't know how many generations and so it was funny because she's like are you girls going out tonight and we're like yeah she's like go down to the local pub you know like just it was like three doors down and she goes tell them Maeve sent you, and we're like, <laughs> okay. And so we got there, and they're like, hi, and we're like, hi, Maeve sent us, and they're
1: like, ah!
2: It was like VIP treatment. It was great, and, you know, it was like, they, they treat you like part of the family. It was. I loved it. I loved the people there, yeah. And, again, the just the natural beauty. I mean, my favorite thing was the Cliffs of Moore. My other friend loved on um, the Giant's Causeway. It was beautiful, but... Yeah, for sure. Ireland. Ireland is where it's at for me. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, I hope everybody listened to that and anyone who's on the fence knows what to do now, right? <laughs> and this, uh, I guess, brings us to me and to Paris. Um, either of you have any questions or should I just go?
1: Um, so you said that you, did a, you, you don't have a palate for food. Not what really. Kind of, what kind of food did you like in Paris, and did not like?
0: Um, <laughs> it's it's embarrassing to to host a travel program and say this, <laughs> but uh, I didn't really like much of what I sampled in France. Um, the hotel breakfasts, which are very basic continental breakfast with you know bread and meats, uh, kind of did it for me. Pretty bland. Most people would probably struggle with it. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it, you know, typically a couple of eggs. Um, One of my big problems with dining in France is that I'm just not a funky cheese guy. I just don't enjoy it. So I couldn't even eat simple stuff like a croque monsieur sandwich at a cafe, right? Uh, It got to be kind of a struggle. In fact, at one point, I was walking down the sidewalk, and I passed, all the shops had the doors open, and I passed a cheese shop. And the smell coming out of it would have made a lot of people swoon with pleasure, right? And it made me almost vomit in disgust (laughs) right there on the sidewalk in Paris. And it, like, stayed with me, like, on me like a miasma as I walked down the street. And I knew it. And, like, half a block later, I passed an open fish market on the other side of the street. And the smell waving, wafting across from that fish market normally would have made me sick. But it was actually a tremendous relief (laughs) in this case. So when when
2: rotten fish (laughs) comes, so
0: I I, I struggle with food in France. But I'm, I'm a weakling when it comes to food. It's definitely it's my weak spot when it comes to travel, and unfortunately, the way I dealt with that tended to involve American fast food, uh, which is really lame. It's Like a tragedy. No, I did did find a lot of stuff that I enjoyed too. But it was more. It was really basic, uh, like steak au poivre, uh, steak and potatoes kind of meals. Did
2: you try like the escargot or?
0: Definitely not. Okay. Next time I go back though, I have a list of restaurants to try and and different types of fare. So, you know, hopefully I'll get by that at some point, but yeah, I I didn't come away with a whole lot to say about French food, sadly.
1: Okay, so did you need to, when you went to France, Did everyone, were there English speakers, or did you need to know French in order to get around?
0: I definitely would not say a person has to know French. It certainly helps. Um, Most people spoke English. Pretty much everybody speaks English, but I mean, of course it helped to speak French, right? Just like it would help to speak English if a person came to the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt very lucky to have the ability and to have had the opportunity to practice for a month before I left with a Belgian friend of mine. Shout out to Pascal. To this day, I thank you, my friend. Um, But what would often happen is if I found my way into a difficult spot with French, people would say, if you're more comfortable, we can continue in English. Oh, nice. And it was very kind of them, but I would try to insist that we continued in French. Yes. Because I wanted to practice it and... One of the best experiences I had over there, and I got to have it every day, Mm -hmm. like multiple times, right, was not quite knowing how to get a point across, right? Like, not knowing how to communicate what I wanted to, um, and having to find a different way to explain it, like a a backdoor into talking my way through a situation. Yes. Like, at one point, my my vacation almost got ruined by blisters
1: on on my feet,
0: right? Mm Mm-hmm. It was to the point where I was having to go back to the hotel and soak my feet and all of that, and that's going to ruin a vacation. So of I course. realized I've got to get these popped now. Right? Mm-hmm. I could not remember the word for needle. <laughs> I, if if my life, if I had needed a needle to decompress a chest wound, I wouldn't have been able to get. One. I couldn't remember the word, and I didn't know the word for band aids or disinfectant. Uh, so I had to have a few discussions and try to get through this point. Right? Mm-hmm. And. I'm pretty sure the, <clears throat> the girls at the pharmacy, when I was trying to describe rubbing alcohol, uh-huh. that they, they did not get that concept at all, and they have betadine. And I didn't want that because it stains yeah. things, right? Um, and I realized after a while they had never heard of rubbing alcohol. They literally didn't know what it was, and they thought I wanted to put booze on my feet, <laughs> right? So I knew I had some situations to get through in order to deal with the situation. They didn't have any needles at the pharmacy. I could plainly see that. So I went back to the hotel to try and get one. Uh And I couldn't remember the word. I couldn't get the guy to understand what was wrong. I didn't know the French word for blisters.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um,
0: And finally I thought, okay, dummy, find a different way to tell him what you need. And I just relaxed and said, I need to sew a button on a shirt. (laughs) I told him that in French, and he just pops a sewing kit up onto the counter and slams it down. Better. I was like, just thank you, man. You have no idea how important it is to me to sew this button on this shirt. Right? <laughs> it's a very important needle. Thank you. So I, I really I enjoyed speaking French for those reasons. Yes. I, I enjoyed bumping up against points where I didn't know how to say what I wanted to say and had to find a different way to say it.
1: So when I travel, mm-hmm. I like to, I have these apps Like say when I went to Korea, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I used those apps if I couldn't if I couldn't get across. Did you ever use an app? to... Um,
0: There weren't apps available at the time, but is it just the Wi-Fi? I I do it now. Like when I when I went to Egypt, um, people were a little surprised that I'd even bothered to learn Arabic uh-huh. let alone the fact that I actually knew how to pronounce words uh-huh. and they asked me if I went to school to learn Arabic and I oh, told no. Nice. Oh, I learned it with this app man from shout out to world nomads by the way
1: Awesome. Um,
0: yes <laughs> right yeah, awesome. pretty good they're insurance pretty good apps <laughs> um, oh you insured your trip through them
1: yeah the um, okay. l- uh, the travelers insurance
0: okay uh, but I would recommend it to anyone yes. take take a language app for the teaches you about the language where you're going, listen to it on the plane, mm-hmm. on the way over. Um, one thing that would have been really nice to have at certain points, mm-hmm. might have robbed me a little bit of that enjoyment of finding out how to explain myself, though, would have been Google Translate. Yes. That's turning out to be pretty useful to me as a traveler.
1: Oh, yes. You know? That is um, a-
0: awesome. And it's, it's, it's what we've all been waiting for, right? I can remember... You know, 15 years ago, being in foreign countries and wishing I had something into which I could speak a sentence and have it speak the sentence to the person who uh. I needed to understand me, and you know, had I only had the sense to begin to begin working on that myself, maybe I'd be the inventor of these apps. But I'm not. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're great tools. And anywhere I go now, where it's not my home language spoken, I, I take an app. Oh, nice. For sure.
1: So I had a sister who went to Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years back and she said that when she went if because she didn't speak French they were rude to her. Were they rude to you?
0: Um, not to be cliche but that's a great question uh, and for so many reasons. Um, I do have some stuff to say about that. I was treated rudely in France exactly three times. Um, and you
1: remember all three times? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: And I feel that only the first one was centered around language um, and was the typical type of French rudeness that people describe. And it was uh, I had just sat down to have my first meal and I was communicating with the waitress entirely in French and she started asking me a question I didn't know how to answer. (laughs) And we continued going back and forth in French and it was finally clear to her that I was incompetent at that point. (laughs) And she just kind of looked at me and put her hands up and said you know Medium, well done, medium rare, right, like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And I used the word, but I just figured it out meant medium, right? Uh, and so she was a little, that, that's a little stereotypical French waitstaff rudeness, you know, because I didn't yeah. know exactly precisely how to place my order, um, <clears throat> which would also happen here in the States oh, to, yeah. a, to a traveler, of course. Uh, the second time I was treated rudely had, I don't think, anything at all to do with French or Parisian culture mm-hmm. um, or language. I had asked a gentleman how to get to a restroom in a restaurant, and he showed me, and I went where he where I thought he had indicated I should be, and that clearly wasn't it. And I turned around and kind of held up my hands like, I, I guess I'm lost, man. And he just kind of really aggressively waved Wait. his hand and pointed to where I should be, you know, but nothing... I don't think that was a cultural thing. Yeah. And the third time I was treated rudely, I'll just say I definitely had it coming. <laughs> and it was not a cultural thing. Um, it was like one in the morning and my metro pass had become demagnetized and I couldn't Ooh. get through the metro. Couldn't figure out what was happening. And just kind of lost my mind. It, it had been a 16-hour day, roughly. Uh, I was done. I wasn't having... <laughs> huh Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually during that period. Um, so I was a little frustrated, you know, and the metro pass wouldn't work, and I thought I wasn't going to get out of there. And, uh, you know, I didn't present the situation to the metro attendant with the type of attitude I should have, and that was on me, and I was treated pretty rudely, and I deserved it. And I went back the next day with a completely different attitude and got a completely different result.
1: Oh, nice.
0: And got a free five-day metro pass on top of it, so it makes a difference. Yes. And And on the on that subject of French rudeness, mm-hmm. I think I can offer some constructive advice. Um, Now, they may all just be a bunch of rude people, right? Right. You know? um, But I didn't really encounter that. Certainly not to the extent that a lot of people do, in all likelihood, because I did speak French. Yes. Um, But also in all likelihood, in my opinion, because I didn't act like a jerk all the time. True. You know? And I think especially among uh, travelers from the United States, when they get treated rudely abroad, it's often because we tend to act like everything is just for us. Yes. And it's not. And, you know, that's not going to get you treated well. Um, And I also think a lot of the rudeness that people perceive in French culture is related to a sense of uh, the need for perfectionism in language. Um, Like, they're very nervous about speaking a foreign language in which they're not fluent. Yeah. For example. And... I think a lot of times when we speak French or people go over there and try to speak it and don't speak it well, the French will abruptly try to change to English in a way that might seem rude to some people. Um, Wait staff can be rude around the world, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd, I don't really feel like... It certainly wasn't a problem for me. Oh, one police officer was a real, real jerk. Oh,
1: really? There was,
0: there was a police officer. and. I was asking him directions to Napoleon's tomb, and he was pretending he couldn't understand what I was asking him, which, uh, trust me, he definitely could. Yeah. Um, and I know that because he certainly understood when I asked him what his captain's name was. Uh. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Maybe there is a general rudeness there, and it's just easily bypassed by speaking enough French.
1: But, or if they know that you're American, and they, do they, they have... Well,
0: kind of seems like everybody has a little bit of a problem with americans yeah. at least the last several years right um i would say maybe a little more so yeah. than if i had not been american maybe i would have been uh, greeted a little more warmly some places um but again you can get right by that with yeah. the local language um I don't feel like they particularly hated Americans mm. or anything like that. I feel like they're particularly into being Parisian, Yes. you know, and I think that accounts for some of that uh, infamous rudeness as well.
1: Because Americans have that mentality, if you're going to come to America, speak English. So they probably yeah. have that same mentality, if you're going to come to France, speak French.
0: Yeah. I don't think there's a, I'll say it this way, in my experience. There's not a country worse than the United States oh, yes. uh, with its added, with its people's attitude about that subject. Mm-hmm. I mean, the example I like to use is, you know, if you want to ask, well, do you get treated rudely in France if you don't speak the language? Imagine standing in a Walmart line full of Americans with an Asian tourist at the front who can't yeah. understand the transaction with the cashier. Exactly. Right. There's no one who would behave worse than we do about that. So, you know, any and uh, I take all of that with a grain of salt, really.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, what about, uh, were there a lot of side trips that you did? I did some. Yeah?
0: I did some, yeah. I did uh, the Palace of Versailles.
1: Oh, my gosh. Of How, course. Is it as big as it looks on the pictures? It's
0: enormous. It's enormous. It's so, so big. And that's just the palace.
1: Just the palace, not the grounds. Yeah, the, the grounds
0: are... Uh, I don't think I could see to the end of them. Oh, no. And I walked and walked and walked and walked and walked. So it's more like
1: a three or a multiple day type of event, correct? Like you need to go there more than one day?
0: I wouldn't necessarily say that, and I wouldn't have gone there more than one day. Mm -hmm. But... There are people who probably would, and my advice would be if you want to see everything at Versailles, yeah, it's going to take you more than one visit in all likelihood. Or if you can find a way to go on your own Mm -hmm. independently of a tour and spend as much time as you want, that might be a way to go.
1: They they let you inside the palace? oh yeah. So you walked around the grounds? Yeah,
0: through Marie Antoinette's Hall of Mirrors and all of that.
1: Isn't it amazing that just to know that these people have walked the same grounds that you want
0: it's it's pretty crazy to think about that you know any place you go right right? Um, but yeah sure of course it was it was crazy standing in these spaces where you literally knew that Marie and Louis had stood Mm -hmm. right Um, and other various you know famed French royalty um, it's also very wild to stand in there and contemplate how things ended and for them. Re- I was going <laughs> to say they
1: revolutionary. Yeah,
0: it's it's a crazy place to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really enjoyable, though, and beautiful. Uh, I wish I could remember what I paid to go so I could tell the listeners. I'll have to put it in the notes. Um, I did Euro Disney.
1: Oh, there's a Euro Disney.
0: Which was really interesting. Um... First of all, I want to offer for any solo travelers out there who go to Paris alone and contemplate a trip to Euro Disney, they'll accommodate you. It's not difficult to get on the rides and stuff if you're by yourself. They make accommodations for it and they'll, you know, they'll pair people, they'll do whatever they need to do. Um, what shocked me about Euro Disney, two things shocked me the most. One was how unbelievably clean the park was. What? I'm, I'm not saying Disney parks are filthy in the States or anything, but this park was clean. There was no trash anywhere. Nothing was dirty. It was shocking. As was the total lack of anybody speaking English oh. at all. <laughs> it, not that, and it wasn't a negative. It didn't hurt me. But, of course, I thought, and this was toward the end of the trip, I anticipated that okay obviously this is where I'm gonna hear everybody speaking English Mm -hmm. now right Um, yeah no No. (laughs) not so much and the people who worked there were French but were not familiar with English it was very strange I had to uh, um, I had to figure out the color coding on some camera related (laughs) items and stuff to buy them and use them properly because I couldn't read what was on them I wasn't that fluent Um, And there was no getting it translated by the cashier. Uh Um, The rides were great. Uh, Seemed like they were a little bit slower than they'd be here, but that could totally be my imagination. But what was really interesting was like taking, for example, the riverboat ride at Disney, and you're already in Europe, already meeting people from all over the world, Mm -hmm. right? But on that riverboat ride at Disney, I met people from like every country there is. Oh, wow. It was incredible. Everybody wants to go to Disney, apparently. Apparently. Um, so worth the trip, and it's it's a multiple train-type journey. You have to use the metro and then the RER trains to get out there, um, unless you drive, which I personally don't recommend. But, yeah, great side trip. Really good.
1: Oh, that's nice. And so, you know, like the Disney here in the United States, there are a lot of kids who work there. Or is that the same as...
0: Yeah, that's the way I remember it, not not maybe a little older
1: yeah. than
0: uh, the average age of a, of a Disney park employee here, but essentially yeah. Re- so that's possibly really the people. reason
1: why a lot of people didn't speak English is because they're be. younger. It okay. Could be. Um, so you stated about driving. Yeah. You don't you didn't like driving there. Did
0: you rent a car? I no. No. <laughs> no. I did not and I would not. Um, and I don't uh, for our listeners, Cindy had to uh, depart. She's no longer here, and I'm looking across at her little piece of paper she had in front of her, and there's an Eiffel Tower sketched on it. Um, Cindy told me that she drove in Paris and really enjoyed yes. it, and I don't. That's incomprehensible to me. Um, in fact, I was warned before I went. I'd seen, you know, Paris in movies and on okay. video and on TV my whole life and everything, and it certainly didn't look like someplace I wanted to drive. Yes. And, like, a month before I went, I met a guy who had been there got much younger than I was. And, like, his strongest takeaway from Paris was, don't drive, don't ever drive, don't get behind the wheel of a car. And one of the things that he liked doing was sitting in the window. He'd sit and hang his legs outside the window of his hotel and just watch all the crazy driving Driver. in the streets. Yeah, yeah. And i see why he did that. It's... Until I went to Africa... I had never seen anything like the driving <laughs> in, in Paris, and he warned me about it. He, he told me, you're, you're not going to believe what you see. Stand on top of the Arc de Triomphe and watch uh, Charles de Gaulle circle,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and you're not going to believe what you see, and he's right. And when he was done talking to me, he said, okay, so I'm just going to ask you, yes or no? Are you going to drive? And I, I kind of messed with him a little bit, and I said, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and I'll never forget his reply. He goes, you'll die, and you walk away. <laughs> and so I figured, okay, I'm not going to plan on renting a car, and I'm so glad I didn't.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: And also, you don't really need one. The Paris Metro is amazing.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the Metro, so like the public notch. transportation.
0: World class as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's old you know it's uh it has a reputation for being a little dirty and it is a little bit and, yeah you know, tra- is yeah exactly and what subway doesn't have cars that need to be refurbished as yeah. well um there's a little issue with that but it goes everywhere it's really easy to understand oh, nice. um when you're in the car there's uh at the front of the car is the destination name at the back of the car is the name of the station where the car starts where, is, where the yep. train starts um, there's a really easy linear map inside each car. Um, and the Metro overall was, uh, like, I memorized it before I went. Nice. I, had a, I had a Metro map in a photos guide, and wow. I was able to memorize it. And the only time I had any difficulty was when I leaned on that memorization to get me from a particular point to Notre Dame, and it didn't work out, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I remember the resolution was, I realized I needed a color-coded, if I'd had a color-coded map, it would have solved the whole problem. And I want to say that the issue was there were two lines numbered four in that part of, in the Ile de la Cité, and I was on the wrong one. I think that turned out to be the issue. But that was literally my only glitch on the metro. It was perfect other than that, right on time. Great place to meet people, great place to people watch, Mm -hmm. and everybody's favorite thing about the Metro won my heart over immediately, and it's the entertainers on the Metro.
1: Oh, that's got to be awesome.
0: It's amazing. There are people in the stations, uh-huh. okay, of course, but in Paris, entertainers will get onto the cars and ride a few stops doing their acts mm-hmm. and then take tips and get off. And it's phenomenal. I, I enjoyed it so much, and I, I still remember this one pair of guys who got on... Uh, and they were pulling stuff into the car and i couldn 't figure out what I was seeing
1: uh-huh.
0: and then I realized, oh, this is going to be badass they got they had a a hand dolly, a furniture dolly, okay. and they had electric guitars, a generator, and an amp
1: a generator yeah,
0: and I was like, I was like, what are these guys about to do right And they got on i don 't remember everything they played. Mm-hmm. I have it written down in a journal, but I mean it's been a while, and I still remember this they played uh Still haven't found What I'm Looking For by you 2 um, And I remember they played The Joker by the Steve Miller Band, which was the just such a weird experience to be checking out these two French guys playing The Joker on the subway in Paris. Um, they played three or four other songs. They got tipped really well. They were a great act. And that's just, it's free entertainment. Mm-hmm. If you're in Paris, the Metro is free entertainment. And, and people should look at it that way. Maybe not quite. It's included with the price of the ride.
1: Oh, ri- oh. I'll say it that way. It's got to be the best, though. So good. Um, and then, so, another thing I had to ask about is gypsies. How is that? Because I, I hear a lot of bad things about that. Like, I heard, like, I had a friend who, uh, she lived in France because she was teaching English. And she was talking about how she had, uh, the first day that she went out, her bag got sliced, and she didn't know. Mm. Her bag got sliced, mm-hmm. and things fell out of it mm-hmm. and was picked up. Yeah. Um, so what she did was she bought one of those handbags, that, the sling bags that went inside her shirt. Um, did you find that it was kind of, did you find a lot of pickpockets?
0: Not that I noticed. Um, I mean, I took, you know, sensible precautions, of course. I knew it could be an issue, like it can be anywhere. Um, was your friend in Paris? I don't know where... When her purse got sliced?
1: I think she was. I'm not sure what part, but...
0: That's a common tactic, Uh right? Um, I don't know that it is exclusive uh, to gypsies or Romani or any particular group of uh, individuals or of criminals. I know it is a common tactic. I don't recall ever seeing anything that made me nervous or made me nervous for anyone else, which is important because, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times when you're traveling, you see stuff that you think is about to go down Mm -hmm. for people, right? And yet, and you wonder if you should intervene. I don't remember even that really, but, um, you know, I was a pretty fit guy able to, you know, kind of handle myself. I didn't worry too much about that kind of thing. Yeah. Um sensible precautions with my money and I did look out for pickpockets and stuff in certain places mm-hmm. and I, I never caught any dubious activity going on. I'm sure it was. Well, that's
1: you know? good for you. I,
0: I wouldn't, I, I would not warn people to be no. scared, scared yeah. of it. I would just okay. say take sensible precautions. Yes. You know, and, and of course, especially for women. Oh, yeah. And now they've, there are so many other options for women, you mm-hmm. know, different types of purses, different types of bags, different types of clutches and wallets and you know, um, self-defense utensils, but a lot of those can't be taken on (laughs) flights. Uh, but as far as just material ways to carry money and identification, I feel like women have a lot more safe options than they used to.
1: When you went about money, did Mm -hmm. you have to take a lot of cash with you or could you use your debit card out there?
0: I absolutely was able to use my debit cards. Okay. Um... I did take a lot of cash, so I, it's hard for me to say whether I had to or not, because I had it with me, right? Um, I didn't know what the situation was going to be, and even though I could use my debit cards, I was glad that I took a lot of cash with me, because once I started running out of it, I ran into a problem where the ATMs in Europe wouldn't allow me to access my savings account, uh, yes. which is where I'd left all my money, right? And So I wasn't able to get access to any cash, Mm -hmm. and I was down to my last, I think, $80, and I had like six days left in Europe. And I was fortunate enough to find a place, um, an exchange bureau, that gave me a cash advance on a credit card with no PIN. They just needed my passport to match the ID. Uh, I would, as far as recommendations on carrying cash, I wouldn't say that, what i do is for everybody i used to carry really a lot of cash on me when i traveled um i don't anymore um i would not say you need to have a lot i would say have a good day's supply on you yeah you know on
1: you and then just like the rest in your hotel room
0: yeah in the safe or or just take it out of atms or whatever um As you know, there are still some issues with international ATM access that can hang people up, and that is one reason I do advise taking at least a supply of cash for every day. Yes. Like if you're going for five days and you figure you're going to spend $300 a day, you know, take that that much cash, yeah.
1: And did you find it that a lot of places didn't, when you try to exchange the money, did you find that there were more cheaper places in the main part of France, or did you find it outside, like, the exchange
0: rates? That's a little hard to say. I feel like the rates were a little better in the less touristy areas. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also didn't have to exchange that much cash. Um, And at the time, the rate was more or less equal. Yes. So it didn't vary too much based Mm -hmm. on where you were. I think it was a little better in less populated areas. Um, no issues with performing the actual exchanges, um, and I, I more or less got even money, yeah. so I didn't have an issue there either. Oh,
1: that's good. Okay, what about favorite activities?
0: Oh, favorite activities in pictures? Paris. Uh, that was one of my favorite activities. Yeah, like I'm surprised the camera still worked when I was done. Oh, nice. Um, so much photography in Europe is so geared for that it's mm-hmm. like everything was built with future photography in mind almost um and paris in particular is a shockingly good place to be a photographer um but as far as the actual activities i'll pick two favorites okay <clears throat> and they were both cathedrals um notre dame oh. is beautiful breathtaking <laughs> it, it is breathtaking not not so much at first. When I'm going to warn people that when you first come around the corner and see it, it might not be quite what you're expecting.
1: Gothy. It's, it,
0: well, it's crowded in more than you uh. would think. Um, and I, I don't know how to further describe what I want to, so I won't try. But <laughs> you, you, you might be a little a little negatively surprised at your first glance. Maybe not. Maybe it's exactly what you picture, though. Um but touring the cathedral, going in and seeing everything, I don't use this word a lot to describe travel experiences, but it's magical. Yeah. It's magical. Wow. The the architecture is unbelievable. Old, classic, gothic architecture. Um, the stained glass is everything you expect it to be. Really? Shockingly beautiful. Um, At the time I was in, I believe there was actually a choir singing somewhere in the building. And uh, I spent a little time just walking around and listening to that, checking out all of the candles that Mm -hmm. had been lit in the church. Um, I went up into the towers and I highly recommend that to people.
1: Are there elevators? (laughs) No,
0: and that's that's a thing. It was a little bit of a thing for me and I was really, really fit. When I left Paris, my calves on my legs were at least two inches bigger around than they'd been before I went and I trained for the Mm -hmm. trip everything is stairs usually tight little spiral staircases and these towers were no exception and it's hard to breathe sometimes right because they're not they don't draft well and there are people coming down as you're going up so it's a bit of a workout okay yes but when you get up there I, I, I don't know adjectives superlative enough to describe the experience of being up there among the gargoyles, Ugh. looking out over Paris. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Every, everything about the Notre Dame experience was tip-top. I highly recommend th- it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't miss it. The flying buttresses outside, incredible. Um, and my other favorite activity was Sacre Coeur cathedral in Montmartre um people call it the white cloud or the white dove of Paris because it's up on a hill overlooking the whole city Mm -hmm. um it's a really interesting cathedral architecturally it combines gothic moorish and byzantine architecture um unbelievably indescribably beautiful huge mosaic inside the dome ceiling when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give away what it is, what the subject is, because photography inside the cathedral is forbidden, uh-huh. and I want people to go. So I don't want to say what the, uh, what the mural's of, but it's shockingly beautiful. Um, did the same thing there. I did it at Notre Dame. I took in every interior detail I could probably spent three hours walking around the exterior and then time through Mold March through the artist's village and all of that but um, Sacré-Cœur uh, is one of the most amazing feeling spaces I've ever been in it's it's pretty overwhelming um, again great stained glass um, it's all white marble uh, oh, wow. very different looking than the Notre Dame from the outside and the inside mm-hmm. Um, Again, I I feel like, I think there was a choir in there singing. Either that or there was a service being conducted. And I I might be transposing my experiences at the two cathedrals here. Um, But in that way, it was still, it wasn't like a tourist site. It was a piece of active local culture, Mm -hmm. right? And that was amazing. Just so, so touching to be part of. And then when I was walking around the outside of the cathedral... I started hearing a particular sound from what I'll call America's cartoon past, and it took me a minute to convince myself that's an organ grinder." And then I kind of moved into an area where I could hear it better, and I was like, "There's an organ grinder somewhere around here with a genuine like antique machine. And then I caught one of the smell of one of my favorite snacks in the world, the cinnamon roasted almonds, <laughs> right? And so I thought, okay, I have to have some of that right now. And I get to follow that smell through Montmartre, right? (laughs) Which was amazing. And that's just what I did. Mm -hmm. And as I followed the smell, the sound of the organ grinder got louder. And I was like, man, what am I about to walk up on and see, right? And I finally made my way out in front of the cathedral. And there was the cinnamon almond stand. And the organ grinder was running it. And he actually had a monkey that was Uh helping to serve the almonds. Oh, my gosh. It was in, such an unexpected, cool, cool thing to encounter, you know. And there, there's a lot of that at Montmartre. It's not just Sacre-Cœur Cathedral, which mm-hmm. which is the highlight, but a million traditional French cafés, um, a Salvador Dali museum, which I highly recommend, by the way, if you're into Salvador Dali and you go to Paris, go to Espas Salvador Dali in Montmartre by the cathedral. Fantastic. And everything up there is everything's worth 50 times the price of admission.
1: Really? Yeah, nice.
0: nothing's really expensive and uh, I'd pay $100 at, per activity to do each thing I did up there. And because there's the artists village, it's an automatic souvenir. You can walk away with a painting, a sketch, a chalk drawing, somebody will make a sketch of you, and I'm not talking about just, you know, caricature artists like you'd find at Myrtle Beach. You know, there are people there who will do high quality portraits of you on the spot it's very cheap yeah it's a great great visit um you do need to be prepared for quite a physical climb to get up there or you simply take the funicular for a few bucks and if you have the paris pass the funicular is included oh
1: nice
0: yeah well that's good to know great 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 visit and if you're hungry great place to be every kind of food you could ever imagine all around you at all times crowded little crowded but uh so worth it.
1: Well that's awesome. France sounds really like a place that I want to visit. Was it as preserved as Ireland do you think?
0: Um I would say everything was pretty well preserved um and unlike some other places I've been you could see that they were taking active care to preserve Mm -hmm. what needed to be preserved you know um Gosh, I mean, there's nothing new at those cathedrals, and everything's in good shape, you know. And at the Louvre, uh, even the oldest parts of it are in good shape. Um, street, the infrastructure is good. I've been to some places since then with really, really bad infrastructure, and I know a little more about what I'm saying. The infrastructure is pretty good. Um, and basically, like a lot of people talk about, <clears throat> Paris as being run down, and that it seems dirty and. Uh, Unsanitary and old, and I would respond to any statements like that by saying I saw exactly what I expected to see, which was a thousand year old city. Mm -hmm. Not everything's going to be shiny and new, you know, but as far as actual filth, the and you know, just the kind of garbage situation and sanitation situations you hear about when people speak of Paris, I only saw two things that even reminded me of that. Um, One wasn't even something I really saw. It was a tree well where people would stop to let their dogs pee. Okay. It's just in the middle of the sidewalk in this public area, and it wasn't, you know, the greatest place to walk by. Um, But where isn't there that here, right? Um, And then it wasn't until I was leaving Paris and I was out of town on the way to the airport that the shuttle drove through this underpass and just piled up the sides of the underpass all the way up to the bridge was just trash that it somehow people had taken it out there and disposed of it or a sanitation company was illegally dumping it or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, I personally felt like Paris was pretty clean for a thousand-year-old city and really well-preserved, yeah.
1: Did you do the locks of love or uh, that lock place? Did you take a locket and put it on? No.
0: Uh, On the bridge? No, I didn't do that. I saw that, though. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's an interesting tradition.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'll I'll just take it now and kind of do closing words before we move on to Korea. Um, The Eiffel Tower, visit it, people. (laughs) All right. Um, I know it's just a metal tower in the middle of a field. You know, I know that's one way to look at it, but you should definitely go. The tower is incredible. You're going to have an incredible time there. There's a lot of stuff to do. Um, The Champ de Mars, the field that the Eiffel Tower straddles, is one of the most amazing parks I've ever been to. Um, You're going to meet gracious, shockingly cool people from all over the world. I met like 15 of the coolest people I've ever met in my life just from Turkey at the Eiffel Tower. And, uh, gosh so much stuff to do. What else? The Louvre, absolutely go. Definitely go. You might be in line quite a while if you don't do a uh, skip the line ticket. Buy a skip the line ticket in advance online if you can. Uh, But in any case, go to the Louvre. Make the most of the time in line if you have to. It's going to be worth it when you get in. Um, Ride the Metro like we were just discussing whether it's for the street entertainers or for the value and the speed, take the metro. It really is top-notch, very easy to figure out, and uh, like I said before, you should get a lot of free entertainment. Um, Go to the top of the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, You'll see a lot of great sculpture and a lot of great information presented on your way up, and once you're at the top, the view down the Champs-Elysees and across the Grand Boulevards is (laughs) indescribable, absolutely a peak experience. Um, I would definitely recommend visiting Place de la Concorde for multiple reasons. The beauty of what you'll see there is going to overwhelm you. The fountain and the obelisk are gorgeous, as is the view up the Champs-Elysees from Place de la Concorde to the Arc de Triomphe. It is that classic postcard French view up the Champs-Elysees and it's free. It's going to cost you whatever it costs you to ride the metro to Place de la Concorde. And, you know, there's a lot of history to be taken in there, too. Um, I could say some things about Marie Antoinette, but I'll let you find out when you get there. Um, And there's also an ancient Egyptian obelisk raised at the site, uh, thanks to Napoleon, I believe. And seeing that. Was uh, that's not even French, right? And it was just mind-blowing to stand at the plinth at the base of that obelisk and contemplate it and see the Arc de Triomphe over here and wonder what all of these hieroglyphs meant and uh, feel the breeze from the fountain blowing across me. Um, Just go to Paris. That's all I can say. Go to Paris. You've already heard earlier what comments I had to make about French rudeness. Don't worry about it. Just go and... You know, be a good boy or good girl and don't step out of line and you'll be treated fine. There's there's no cultural experience like going to Paris. I do recommend learning at least some French before you go. Uh, Learn a lot if you can. But, you know, if it's not your thing, just get an app like Lomé and I talked about. Get an app on your phone and just listen to it on the flight over. You'll be fine. Go to Paris. That's what I have to say.
1: Awesome. I'm going to Paris.
0: I know you will I know you will and now we're on to Korea right Mm -hmm. and um, because I could have given our listeners a brief history lesson about North Ireland and the Republic of Ireland but failed to do so uh, before Cindy spoke and because of the current geopolitical position uh, in which the United States is involved with the Korean Peninsula's that particular set of North and South countries. Um, I believe it's necessary and appropriate to interject a brief history lesson here, okay. so that people know what I'm you're sorry. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. A DMZ is a demilitarized zone. Okay. This is an area in which representatives of countries which are in conflict with one another can meet with one another and also with third parties without concern about military action. From 1950 to 1953, North and South Korea were involved in the Korean War and forces from the United States, the Soviet Union and China also fought. This war led to the buildup of North Korea into the military state that we know today. Mm and at the end of that war, an armistice was signed and a DMZ was established. The exact spot on which the armistice was signed exists within the DMZ, and the DMZ essentially encompasses the land on which the village of Panmunjom sat before the war. If you've ever seen an episode of M.A.S.H., (laughs) you've seen a TV show set in this war against this backdrop. And within the DMZ is a JSA, or Joint Security Area, which is guarded by both North Korean and South Korean soldiers. I'm sure Lome will tell us all about it. Yes. Now, for reasons that I don't really understand, tourists are allowed to visit these areas, <laughs> okay? The little bit that I know about the situation is totally crazy, and I can't wait to hear about it from someone who has actually been to this place. And Lome from the future hit sitcom Lome Loves Korea, <laughs> If you visited South Korea, you certainly visited the DMZ, right? Oh
1: yeah, it's, a, it's actually in a Moscow. A lot of people are very scared of going. Um, it was kind of scary at first, however, um, I loved it at the end. Uh, just seeing, like hearing stories about how ruthless and, and things um, North Korean soldiers could be, it was kind of scary seeing them in real life. Um, when we got there, we got on the bus. Before we took off to go to the DMZ, we went to the DMZ first. Um, they had to check all our credentials. We had to send it in two weeks prior to our to our trip out to Korea. Um, you can get uh, the passes through various places. I went through Kluke, It's a okay. app. Yeah. That it's, it has all these excursions for all around the world. Yeah. Um, and so I used Kluke and I got my ticket through that for the DMZ and JSA uh, through Seoul. There are, like, throughout the whole entire 33rd parallel, mm-hmm. there are different DMZs. I went to the main one Right. Um, in Seoul.
0: Thank you for pointing that out for the listeners, yeah. by the way.
1: So I went to the one just in, in it's only an hour away from Seoul. That's how close North Korea is from Seoul. yeah
0: um,
1: because they kept fighting in the during the war they kept fighting over Seoul. North Korea took over Seoul and then South Korea got it back. Um, however, before we went, we did have to show our credentials. And then when we got to the DMZ, we had to show it again. A soldier had to come in. Um, we had to make sure you had to be dressed properly. Hmm. Uh, you, can, you have to wear long pants. Um, make sure like that you're covered um, and if you're not and you have to have covered shoes if you're not they can stop the whole tour or if they're nice enough the tour guides that you went with they will bring ugly clothes for you to wear um, like
0: intentionally ugly like they're shaming you I no, or just, I, I think it's just <laughs> donation okay, donated makes, yeah.
1: donated clothing um, however you are sent information prior to your, to your visit, uh, oh. so make sure that you follow everything that's on that email.
0: Yeah, um, we've so, all seen you don't want to get kept. No, <laughs> yeah.
1: you don't want to get kept over there. Uh, so we went there and every single, I think we had three stops, uh, checkpoints that we had to do showing our credentials prior to us getting to the actual DMZ area.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so when we got there, uh, you had to go in and basically sign your life away. It's like a piece I, of paper. I
0: have a question about this. I think you're about to...
1: And I thought th- I brought the paper today, but I, I didn't.
0: But, oh, I wish you had.
1: But yeah, basically it just says that you will, if a war breaks out during your visit, you will not interfere with any military, um, anything with the military. You just have to sit to the side um, and that you possibly might die.
0: <laughs> That's my question for you was, I've heard this rumor mm-hmm. that when you visit the DMZ, you have to sign a waiver acknowledging yep. that you might die in military action.
1: Yes. Right? It's like a long sheet of paper.
0: It sounds awfully military for a DMZ.
1: It was, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> you know, especially when the point of the area is supposed to be the most dangerous. that they can relax and meet without conflict, mm-hmm. but yeah, obviously that's not the real nature of the site. No, it, it
1: wasn't. <laughs> but when you went in there, after you signed this paper, then you sat inside um, this room where everyone has to watch a video of what happened during the Korean War. And it's an awesome room, like the whole room is surrounded by um, a screen. So when the airplane is flying, it's flying from the left all the way to the right, like going all around the room. Um, but they explain a lot about what happened and why it happened and what is happening now.
0: So is it mostly information about the war uh, it's, or uh, about the current situation? Both. Okay.
1: About the war and what's happening right now. Not too much of what's happening right now, but just majority of the war. Uh, After that, then you're able to go and see the Blue House, which is the area where you can safely cross North Korea. Um,
0: Did it feel safe?
1: It did feel safe because there are a lot of soldiers in there. Um, (laughs) Okay, then. They look like mannequins. Like You can go and take pictures, but you cannot touch them.
0: They do look like mannequins, right? They
1: do. They stand there fisted, hand-fisted, and very intimidating.
0: I think it seems to me like when I was much younger I saw pictures of yes. the area and I thought they were mannequins and I, I, I kind of remember learning that <clears throat> they, were. they weren't no. and it's freakish that they have to stand there and stare at each other like yep. that all day <laughs>
1: so and then on the outside uh, you can see where the pavement where the, di- the dividing of the nations um, one is a gravel and that is the I believe it's the south side I could be wrong, but, and then the other side is the north side, which is just cemented. Um, But yeah, and then just looking up and you can see the North Korean building with their soldiers outside.
0: Yeah. They're uh, armed soldiers. They're very armed. Everyone is armed there. Yeah.
1: Um, We, it was kind of scary. And then what they would do is like, you have to listen to the soldiers when you're there. Like. A lot of the, like they tell you ahead of time that if you don't listen to them, they will they will cancel that tour and you go back.
0: So so one person could ruin it for an entire one, tour group, one right? One
1: person can ruin it for Ooh. everyone. So be good. Be on your best behavior, yeah. especially at this area. Um, we got to when they told us like we before we got inside the the blue house, we got to stand on the staircase overlooking North Korea, and we could take pictures. And they tell you this is the time you take pictures and take it now. And then after, like, five, less than ten minutes, uh, they say, enough pictures. (laughs) And you have to stop. Like, there were a few people, but I kind of yelled at them. He said, stop. (laughs) Well, you didn't
0: want to get kept in Korea.
1: Well, I didn't want to (laughs) leave the DMZ early. And then so...
0: You wouldn't have had to if they'd kept (laughs) going.
1: True. But, yeah, so... They were very strict there. We had to make sure that we had, we dotted our I's, crossed our T's, even though we were civilians. Um, And then from there, we went inside, saw that that infamous table where they decided to, um, they didn't really say that it's a peaceful (laughs) treaty, or what is it? Like, they just split up. Like, they were still at war but they were going to be peaceful and you're, civilized. You're talking
0: about the spot where they signed the armistice? Yes. Yeah. That's
1: where they signed it. Yeah. And and it's pretty crazy to to know that these leaders sat on these tables. And after that, we went and we went to the station that the first station that will open once the unification happens. So, this station is where you can get your North Korean stamp. Uh, they didn't recommend you to get your <laughs> North Korean stamp in your passport, but they had papers yeah. on the side um, to to stamp it, and you can just put it in your passport. Huh.
0: it's an interesting compromise. But I'm kind of intrigued that North Korea is even giving the stamp out at all.
1: Yeah, so it's a Pyongyang um, stamp, which is their capital.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, so it's that the from that station to Pyongyang. That's where it's going to go.
0: Huh. So it's kind of a little glimpse into the future of Korea, too. Yeah.
1: And this station, it's so... It's crazy because it looks exactly like the stations that are in Seoul. It's beautiful um, and untouched. It's very... It's untouched.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, huh?
1: Here, I'll show you. Um, But... Uh, once it opens this is where hold on, there it is so that's how it looks
0: oh it's yeah beautiful. and then the video that Lome is showing me everyone is extremely modern this to me is more modern looking than the Dubai Airport
1: oh really yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's a very modernized um, station
0: that's crazy so
1: once you go in um, Was
0: the airport modern like that?
1: Yes. Okay. Oh, the airport is modern. It's modernized. Like the airport in, in Seoul is beautiful. It looks like a helmet from the up, like from the <laughs> top, like a like sort nice. of like a uh, What is it? Samurai helmet or yeah, one of those warrior helmets. Yeah. But that's what, how I I describe it. I'm not sure how uh, other people, but it's just a metal building. Um, but going back to the DMZ, so you visit this, and then we also did the JSA.
0: Yeah, please.
1: So, please elaborate. Joint. So uh, curious. The joint uh, security. I can't remember. Area. <laughs> area. There you go. Joint security area. So we went there, and I was I got. I had the opportunity to go into the third tunnel. The third tunnel. Uh, so, background story on the tunnels. Are uh, these the tunnels with the mines over them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, uh, North Korea had dug up these tunnels after they had signed the papers, um, and what they were trying to do is come back and get Seoul secretly. <laughs> and then so, uh, so far, as of from the nineteen fifties, they had only found four tunnels four underground tunnels. They captured one of the engineers of these tunnels, and he has stated that uh, there are about 20 tunnels, but we have only found four. And I went into the third tunnel. And it was kind of scary, like, the beginning part of it, you can't take pictures, so I have no pictures of it. You can Google and see, that, um, see pictures of the tunnel that I went through um, on Google. But you have to like it's a they had to dig another tunnel prior to you getting into the tunnel. So this tunnel was like at a 45 degree angle. Or, uh, so it was going down. So just know that you're gonna have to climb back up.
0: <laughs> so, did you go down it backwards, or was it high enough that you could stand and walk down normally?
1: You can stand and walk down normally, okay. but just know that you're gonna be in sort of an angle as you're walking yeah, down. Yeah. And it's kind of spooky. They had they do have chairs and stuff into the sides and rails so that you can hold on as you're walking down and up um, so it's to me it felt like it was like point like a quarter of a mile going down so just know that you're gonna hike up a quarter of a okay. mile back up and then advice. When you, so you have to wear helmets because these tunnels are really tiny and I'm 5'7 I'm 5'7 and I still had to bend down
0: yeah okay
1: Um, I hit my head on a a lot of times going into it. It's very small. I'm not a small person. (laughs) So uh, going in it was kind of crowded. I'm kind of claustrophobic, and I have asthma. So take Mm. your (laughs) butyrol. Wow, you, you want to take your ibuprofen prior to going in. If you're claustrophobic, I do not recommend you going in. It's very, very small in
0: there. In you may want to disregard what I said about the towers at Notre Dame, <laughs> Notre Dame. Forgive me. Um, so when, how long did it take to go down this tunnel? Um,
1: and, it took. And this is
0: still you're talking about the first tunnel to the third tu- to the actual yes. third tunnel. Yes, right. How long did well, it the, take? that
1: tunnel was pretty high. It's because it, they dug the the hole that they dug in. Um, it's pretty wide, okay. so that is fine. But once you get down to the bottom part, it's actual go,
0: tunnel number three. That's yes, cramped, that's
1: very cramped. Like I could just barely like I have to turn to the side in order to let other people while they're walking out. Sure,
0: I, I so. Believe you. <laughs>
1: So yeah, so it was pretty crazy. We walked all the way into the tunnel, going all the way straight through North Korea. Uh, they do have a door at the end. Once you make it to that door, you can see on a good day, which we went, we went on a good day to where we could see the North Korean side hmm. of the tunnel. Um, so yeah, so there's this barbed wire area, like with this door and a, a, in the door there's a hole and that's the, a little window that you can look through and see North
0: Korea. This whole thing is kind of, there's there's a really creepy element.
1: It is, oh, and the <laughs> creepiest of, of that is uh, possibly 20 feet above us, there are possible landmines. Yeah,
0: that's what my understanding is that between the surface and the tunnels, unknown number of live landmines, yep. right? live
1: landmines, that, so. That
0: anything above you just might set off. Trigger, yeah, yes. Okay. All
1: so. right.
0: It, was, it a was. More for your entertainment dollar.
1: Yeah, so it was pretty interesting going in there, but I survived. Um, going in, the distance going in, I would say less than a quarter of a mile going okay. in. Um, and then when we turned around, the coolest thing is when I went in, uh, on my way out, I saw all these different generals from different countries with their ambassadors. Like, it was just awesome. I saw India's ambassador, like, I don't know where else. Like
0: like a living military uniform display? Yeah, so it
1: was, like, a whole bunch of their security with these generals and these different people just walking in while we were trying to walk out. And what was pretty cool is they were waving at us as we were walking out. Huh. Like, they were saying hi and shaking our hand as they are passing us. They, they didn't shun us away or anything, like... Cool. So they were pretty cool. I'm
0: sure they've gotten accustomed to it over the years. Yeah. They might have even started interacting with people to uh, keep themselves from being bored. (laughs) You know, who knows?
1: True. Yeah, so, and then we came back up, and my sister was just laughing because I am not the fittest person. And so going back up this man-made tunnel um, to get out of the tunnel... Uh, I was trying to race, like, a 70-year-old man.
0: <laughs> you were racing
1: <laughs> I was racing him, like I said. Like, it was not that fun. Um, but it got to the point where I had to go behind him and kind of push him. from oh. he, he was from Austria. Oh. So we talked the whole way through, and he was one of them Austrians who were... Um, very embarrassed with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that's another time. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he was laughing and was like, "Oh, what about your governor?" And he just started laughing. I'm like, "Well, I'm not from California, so." <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty interesting. I met a lot of interesting people from there.
0: Good stuff.
1: Yeah, so GSA, it's a must go, even though it's kind of spooky. But
0: so, okay, you just said spooky. <laughs> we just covered creepy. Mm-hmm. You've used the word a couple of times about the DMZ that makes me curious and I, I kind of want to apply it to your whole time in Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, how scared were you?
1: The night before I couldn't sleep. <laughs> That's how scared oh. I was. but uh, going to the DMZ, I was scared. Um, but other than that, like I was not scared to travel to Korea because I know a lot of people were kind of like um, that I know were kind of scared for me, but honestly, I was not scared to go to Korea. It was to the DMC, But after that experience, it wasn't as scary as I thought.
0: And well, probably nothing was going to be as scary as that. Yeah. Right, I would think. Get that out of the way first, and you've already had your most dangerous experience, mm-hmm.
1: right? And there was like, a funny time that when I was at the GSA, uh... Before we went into the tunnel, we visited the area to where uh, they that you can overlook North Korea, and it it's beautiful. North Korea is just
0: yeah like the I, area I that know. I
1: saw um, was beautiful, and so
0: yeah. I mean that makes it it seems like a shame it, yeah. that that it's such an infamous demarcation mm-hmm. that they take you up to a point to look into another country right that's this beautiful you know doesn't look that doesn't look dangerous right that doesn't look like a horrible place Not from that point <laughs> it looks it looks like a great place yeah and yet it's this bizarre situation where these two places are so divided you pay a fee to climb up into a building and look through the air into another country yeah
1: mm-hmm. and what was crazy is in this area that I was in at the GSA Uh, I was able to stand there and listen to the North Korean propaganda so what they do is from their area they take turns so (laughs) during this time uh, North Korea was playing their propaganda towards like it was really loud like you could hear it and then afterwards um, South Korea plays (laughs) K-pop They play K-pop they and retaliate they retaliate with K-pop. They retaliate <laughs> with K-pop and it's blasting through these speakers. They've
0: weaponized it.
1: Uh-huh. And it was just funny to hear, like they were just going back and forth, like
0: I have to. They say... They take
1: turns. Uh, doing I this. would like
0: to experience that. I've I've never really had an interest in visiting the mm-hmm. the area, but. I'd like to experience that, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was really crazy just listening to the K-pop. I, mean, I love K-pop, so when I heard the songs that they were playing, I was just laughing so hard.
0: It's funny anyway. It
1: is. It's really funny um, that they could still joke around like this and still be divided. But, yeah, that was the JSA. Yeah, because it does
0: kind of seem like it's that side of it anyway. It's uh-huh. coming from a place of humor, mm-hmm. you know? That, <laughs> wow. I would love to stand there and listen to them blast propaganda back and forth. Oh
1: yeah. If I could
0: get some like foam earplugs so I didn't just <laughs> totally bleed my brain. But oh, that's gotta be fascinating.
1: Oh it uh, was fascinating. And, and, and did we did went at the same at the right time too, because once we got there they just they had just finished almost finished up their propaganda to where it was South Korea's turn. Okay. So right when we got there... You got have to there, witness the transition? Yeah, we witnessed a transition, and then all of a sudden you just hear K-pop, like, XO. <laughs> like, it's one of the... W- was careers. there a
0: super, is this really happening kind of feeling about it? Um, What do you mean? Not really? What Were you just in utter disbelief at what you were I witnessing?
1: was. <laughs> I, w- I was laughing, and at the same time I was like, these two places, this place is like known as one of the most secured places on Earth. And to hear them blasting K-pop. blasting K-pop just to make fun of North Korea, yeah, like,
0: it's kind of crazy. It was,
1: it's kind of crazy and funny at the same time.
0: Well, it's it's also a big slapback. And okay, we hear your insane mm-hmm. ranting mm-hmm. propaganda. Here, here's some K-pop. Come on, <laughs> I I actually really like it. Um, so your traveler profile includes eating a lot of what I might call uh. freaky. Um, Stuff,
1: <laughs> I I'm a foodie, so uh, but what yes. a lot
0: of people would call exotic cuisine, yeah, right. Um, not that I'm implying Korean food is uh, freaky stuff at all, but tell us about your culinary indulgences on the peninsula.
1: Uh, one of them was eating a live baby octopus. I know baby octopus, but it was really good. I I love. I grew up in Hawaii, so I'm a seafood eater like anything seafood we used to just fish and eat it off the ocean sure so going to korea and eating all the fresh seafood was amazing and we went to one of the um fish markets and at these fish markets there are these restaurants just aligned on the side and what you do is you go and buy your fish and if you want it cooked right then and there you take it to these restaurants and they will cook it for less than five bucks
0: are these Restaurants on boats. I feel no, like... No, 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 Okay, I'm thinking uh, of a different well, place. Well, I,
1: I believe the one that we went to was not. Okay. Like, they were just in these little huts-looking thing, like, little, um, buildings. And so you take it there, you, they cook it for you, and they also give you rice and their, their, um, banchan, and that is their side. Their side dishes, like the kimchi... Like, all these fermented vegetables. Yeah, they, they're very
0: into that, right? Oh,
1: I'm very into that, and I love that. Oh,
0: yeah? Right spot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what we did was I took the baby octopus that I had purchased, and I took it over there so that they can, like, wash and clean it so that I can eat it. Um, but when I went there, the lady was telling me, no, it's too big, <laughs> like, you're going to choke. So the baby octopus that I chose was too big for me to eat whole. So what she did was she just chopped it up for me, and then she gave me sesame seed oil with shoyu, soy sauce. And all I did was just dip it in that and just eat it. And it was awesome. Like, it was so good.
0: Lome's face is beaming right now. <laughs> um, I could never I do what you're talking about. <laughs> what else did you eat?
1: Um, I ate the pulpe Silkworm. <laughs> so I went to, it's at uh, one of the markets. Do tell. It's at Insadong, and the it has, like, a funny smell. It does not smell good at all. Like, they were just, like, what is it, stir-frying yeah. it up in this little um, cart that, that was selling it. And so I went and got a cup, just as big as this cup, possibly, like, less than four ounces. Mm. Um, got a cup of it, and so I ate it, and it tasted like corn, like,
0: huh it's weird interesting
1: it was like a corn chip a soft corn chip like the outside was crunchy because it was fresh and then the inside was very soft
0: I wonder what the what the worms eat
1: I'm not sure I don't I wonder wanna if know they <laughs> <corn>. <laughs> but they tasted like corn um, I what else did I eat that was pretty interesting Um, Yeah, that was probably the most interesting things that I ate.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get much more interesting than live baby octopus. Uh,
1: It's called sanakji, so if you want to try it, I highly recommend it. But just chew a lot.
0: (laughs) Don't tell her people, but I'm not trying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It sticks to your mouth, yes, when you eat it. (laughs) It sticks to your mouth, so you want to chew it all the way before you're able to swallow, or else it's going to stick to your throat and choke. Um, but, yeah, but I have to say wow. the street food there is amazing. I'm actually craving street
0: food. Is and it a good scene, too? Is there a lot of it? Oh, yeah. Pretty lively? Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, especially at night at Myeongdong and Instadong. These are, like, two of the famous places that you can go shop, and they're very cheap. And at the same time, they have all these different street food. Like, you can get a lot live lobster t- well a lobster tail that was just caught like for 15 bucks and that lobster tail was like one of the best lobster tail i've ever had
0: oh my gosh what do they season it with
1: uh, so they had cheese and then their garlic aioli and really yeah, yeah was, this is
0: not what i was expecting to hear no
1: so what they do is they they fire torch it like it's they had a torch they got the fresh lobster tail and they just torched it
0: I like the sound of that, actually. Yeah,
1: they torched it so it had that smoky taste. Um, and then they just seasoned it with salt and then just put, like, the cheese and then their garlic aioli huh. over it. And now, see,
0: that's something I would happily try, and I don't even like lobster, and I would, oh, I would I happily try that. I love lobster,
1: so it's a, it's a must-eat.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, with a blowtorch, huh?
1: Oh, with a blowtorch, yeah. It was pretty insane.
0: I don't know whether that's as old school as it gets or as modern as it gets. It's an interesting... <laughs> technique i'd love to watch it done oh yeah i'd like to go there and see him doing it um any other weird meals no meals that i probably everything you ate while you were there i would think was weird but
1: well just like um, i I can't
0: i can't even imagine eating kimchi but as as we've discussed i'm I'm weak so
1: (laughs) um like cindy said when she ate that guinness soup here in america it's just like the 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 korean food it wasn't as good as when i ate it in korea like even though it's Koreans cooking the Korean food for some reason, possibly it's just an air in Korea that makes it just that much better, but...
0: Well, one thing that definitely contributes is, um, you know, like if you eat beef over there, the mm-hmm. beef is grazing on grass that's grown in oh, different yeah. soil, the minerals are different, etc. The meat's going to taste different, of course, and the stuff in the ocean, sounds horrible to think about, but different pollutants are going in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Different natural life is present to filter the water, yeah. uh, so okay. like, like if you wouldn't perceive it, but if you drank water from the ocean there and water from the ocean off California, it would taste different. Oh, I bet. You know, uh, please don't ever do, do that, that experiment. <laughs> but um, everything you're saying makes sense to me about the the difference in the taste.
1: Yeah, and they're all about food. Koreans are all about their their culinary cuisine. Like, you mean,
0: it, you mean it's not just cutbop?
1: It's not. Oh, <laughs> don't ever. I I'm sorry, cutbop, but no. That's like saying Taco Bell is awesome. I
0: hear. You know, you'd be surprised how many people I know who actually think Taco Bell is a legitimate Mexican restaurant. Yeah. It's pretty amusing. Um, And I know better about kebab. (laughs) Um, So obviously you went to Seoul. Did you go to Incheon? Oh, yeah.
1: I was in Incheon. Well, that's where where the airport is. The airport. Oh, so you
0: flew into Incheon, not Seoul. Okay.
1: Well, Incheon is in Seoul. Okay. Incheon Airport is in Seoul. Okay. So that's where um, uh, I think the other airport was Gim, Gimpo, okay. something like that. So, but okay, uh, see, I thought
0: the other airport was in Seoul. No. Okay.
1: Well, it's close. It's they're really close to each other. Why? I don't. I'm Do you not know sure. why? I'm okay. not sure why, but they're very close maybe, to each maybe other.
0: Maybe that's why I was so confused. But
1: the Gimpo, I think, airport is much smaller than the Seoul, okay. the Incheon.
0: So probably trans- one's just a newer airport. Yes. Out of necessity. All right.
1: Possibly. Wow. But,
0: yeah. Um, tell me whatever you have to say about Seoul itself. And uh, I always like to ask this question. If you can provide any information about the public transport system, oh. uh, please do.
1: Just like uh, France, um, Korea's transpo public transportation is legit. Yeah. They are very on time, they're very... Everything is... All their buses are color-coordinated to the areas that you're going in. And from there...
0: Well done, Korea.
1: Very color-coordinated. It just took me about uh, less than two hours to figure out, because the first time when I first got there, what I wanted to do, because I had excursions lined up starting the next day that I got there. and so I wanted to go and learn the, the train system. Um, even though I, I downloaded the app and I memorized it, I wanted to go and see it for myself because coming from Hawaii, like we don't really, the tracks is the only, Utah tracks is the only track system that I've ever been on, I've never been on subways. Yeah, I'm
0: familiar with the public transpo in Hawaii. Yeah, so. It's a little different than what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so I, I wasn't used to it, so I wanted to go and learn it. Um, little did I know that each level each floor is a different color so depending on where you're gonna go and what train you're gonna take you have to know what co- colors you're gonna take like the orange is all the, way in the fourth floor like all the way in the bottom and then you go up purple and blue is right next to each other and then um, there's also a green one so depending on where you're gonna go that's where that's the floor that you're going to get to. And then sometimes you have to take the orange, get off the orange, go to a blue and then take the blue all the way to your destination.
0: That makes sense though. I it like does, that.
1: but I, I didn't understand that until I got there and I had to sit there and learn.
0: So you're really happy. You spent the time. And yeah, away. I did.
1: Okay. I was, I was excited that I, I got to do that. And then, um, but there, once you get it down, like you, it's easy for you to get to your destination it, like fast.
0: Yeah, it's almost like habitual right away, yes. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I felt that same way about the metro.
1: And they're very courteous in the metro. Like they stand to the side as people are walking out, they they wait and then they go in. They're not just trying to rush and just like trying to get in and everyone's trying to get out. No, they're very courteous. They stand and they stand in line so that they can enter into the the train. They stand in line, so we have to, once we get there, like to our line, we just go and stand in line.
0: As opposed to just a mass of people rushing when the train door opens? Yeah,
1: and like I said, they they all stand in the line to the side and wait until everyone gets off and then they get on.
0: So you've said some things that make me think, in general, it's a very courteous society. Mm -hmm. Is is that correct? It's
1: very, um, yes, they are very courteous. And in the train alone, they have an area for pregnant, senior citizens, and handicapped. Just, and hmm. they are different colored seatings, so when you go in, it's red. It's a red color. So they just sit there. Um, so nobody sits there. That's the only seats. When you go in, everywhere else is full except this area. Huh. Like, and it's in the front of the train and in the back of that one car. So it's in the front and in the back.
0: So it's a very courteous society. Very
1: courteous society. Sure. And nobody will sit there unless you fall into these three categories. Huh. And I didn't know that. It wasn't until I sat down. I, I came in and I just sat down. And I saw like people looking at me. And I was just like... And then I looked up and I saw the pictures. Yeah. And, this, and what the writings were underneath. And so that's when... I got up, and I walked away, and, but the old man that I sat next to, he was just telling me, he was like, no, 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 come sit down, come sit down, because I guess they've never seen a Polynesian, <laughs> so, okay, so that was, so that was pretty interesting,
0: um, I've never seen a Polynesian, that's, <laughs> that's gonna stick with me for a while, um, I've made that same mistake before, here in the States, sat in the, uh, Section for Elderly and Handicapped because I was having some sciatica problems and just took the first seat yeah. once I got on. And, yeah, that I, I people weren't real happy with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize what I had done, but
1: it happens. Yeah, it does happen. You know? But, yeah, other than that, like, they're, they are very courteous. Um, they're very sweet. And, like, I know a lot of people who did visit say, um, were scared that they were going to um, meet a lot of, rude people, but no, they are Yeah, I've never
0: heard... Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect that.
1: Yeah, they are very nice. Like, so,
0: did the train system, the trains and the stations and everything basically look like the video you showed me? Super contemporary? Some of them. Okay. Some of
1: them, they are there are older stations. Um, however, for the most, they all look like that. Okay,
0: and it all runs on time, predictably? On time,
1: and yeah. it's just... It's legit, so... Okay. You don't need really, to rent a really car... Good. You don't need to rent a car. And then, even. See, that, that's
0: one of the main things I look for in a metro system. Yes. That's amazing.
1: And then, um, even if you catch a taxi, mm-hmm. say you are you just don't want to deal with going up and down stairs because there's staircases. Oh, and the elevators in the subways for the same three categories you have to be really? a, 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 a senior citizen, pregnant, or handicapped you don't have to like there are some people who are non-korean who do still ride it but these elevators are for these people yeah
0: that's wow that's remarkable
1: yeah and if you're lucky you'll you'll find a station that has an escalator (laughs) but other than that (laughs) it's all steps and these people will even up to the old people like they will sometimes still take the stairs like it's incredible. There was a guy, I believe he was like in his late 50s, walking down with five cases of soda on his back. Like he went down the staircase with like he was a delivery person and he was taking it to one of the stores that's in the station. And but he didn't take the elevator, he took the stairs like so
0: courteous society. Yep. And did um did a lot of people speak English? There were
1: there were yeah. a lot of people, especially in Seoul. Um, I did visit outside of Seoul, I went to Busan. Busan is the second biggest mm-hmm. um, city there, uh, but in between that, there, were, there weren't there were a lot of English speaking. So
0: in the cities?
1: In the big cities, yes, okay. but you can get away with uh, not learning any Korean, however, I do you recommend.
0: You learn some though. I do, did you I, use I'm it?
1: actually still lear- um, studying Korean because nice. I plan on moving there. But
0: how much of it did you speak when you were there?
1: Um, I spoke quite a lot. Like Good. I was able to conversate and try to get uh, places and order food. Good. Um, and once you, if they can hear you speaking, like they don't even care if you're pronouncing it correct. They're right. so excited to help you. Well, I
0: think it's an even, probably an even greater benefit than like what we discussed about visiting Paris and speaking French because they understand that. It's not even the same alphabet. No. You really you had to make an effort to be able to communicate in their language, and I'm, I'm sure they understand and appreciate that.
1: I would recommend to learn the the alphabets um, and how they write different things in Korean, because a lot of the places out there, if you're looking for a certain restaurant, you do have to. They they don't have it in like an English version.
0: Okay. They, in, yeah. alf-
1: in the alphabets that we know, um, it's all in Korean.
0: Okay, it certainly benefit you to be able to know. Oh, it
1: it did because I travel with my little sister, and so she was just like, we need to look for this place. Like, what's this place called? So, um, I was able to look up and then find that place. Like, so it was pretty. It was pretty cool knowing how their alphabets are. I
0: love it.
1: Yeah. So I recommend that part, and it's to me it's very easy because growing up I learned Japanese. Cause oh, in Hawaii okay. you have to learn Japanese okay. Japanese one of the yeah so but till this day uh, you show me some of the Japanese letters and I'm just like what but the Korean letter the, their alphabets are so easy so you wouldn't have to it took me a month to learn it oh
0: yeah that's pretty good
1: yeah Wow. so but yeah I do recommend that wow.
0: part real benefit anywhere you mm-hmm. go period um, I wanted to ask you because I keep hearing this about visiting the Koreas. Did you encounter any demonstrations?
1: I did. Really? Actually, um, so well, I. Well, boy,
0: this doesn't seem like you encountered them and then went the other way. No, this I actually is. went and I
1: me okay. we stood there listening to them. Really? Um, yeah. So I stayed in an Airbnb that was close to the Japanese consulate. Okay. Uh, it was pretty interesting because I was wondering why there were so many guards like as I'm walking towards the, my apartment there were just it was heavily guarded with different people like these different security and police and was um, it like
0: embassy row?
1: It was and type there was situation? something there was something going on between Japan and South Korea to where the consulate was empty but there were so many protesters outside of that consulate I don't know what was going on But I went and I stood there because they had, like, these trucks with all these writings and stuff like that, Um, and so it was interesting, and we had all these protesters outside of the consulate, and so it was interesting. They had, like, their megaphones. They were screaming into it.
0: They didn't know the consulate was empty?
1: Well, they knew because there was nobody in, like, nobody in the parking lot, like, all the lights were off in the consulate. So, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, wow. so I did witness that like I heard that they do a lot of protests if they don't like the company, like yeah. they're very um their what is it? Their political views is very close to the United States.
0: Yeah. And apparently they're very vocal about expressing Very vocal the because streets.
1: there's like it's basically almost like as if they're a free country as well. Yeah. Almost. Like. Yeah. But they have very similar rules as we do here in the United States.
0: But they're allowed to express themselves. Yes. Fantastic. They are. Um, can you tell us anything about the airport?
1: Um, very humongous. It's yeah. <laughs> it's massive, okay. like you have to know where you're going to go. Really? Um, yes. And then from the airport, they have these buses that uh, it costs only $10. It's the buses are as big as um tour guide buses so they they travel all over all over korea um so just knowing which bus to take so that because the bus that we took went right and like close to where i i was staying so that was a plus like i just had to walk across the street yeah and That's no where, yeah so but knowing which bus to take is kind of hard like You have to try to communicate with the person that you booked things with.
0: Um, Oh, wow.
1: But they have numbers on them. These buses have numbers, and you just ask them. But what's um, a bad thing is they have the same numbers, but they also have, like, alphabets. Like, A, there will be 1 to 10. So you have to know B, 8, like, all the way up to, like, H. Like, which area to... So I guess
0: the letter designates a... Town or part of town, and the number designates more specifically what stop. Yeah, interesting. So, but again, though, I like it. Yeah, it's very like they've really got their act together.
1: Oh, they they plan it down to the T. However, you just need to know where you're going in order for you to catch the correct bus. Because if you need to be on bus A1 and you're all the way at like C1, you got to travel all the way back you're going to go to a different city. Oh yeah, city. yeah,
0: and not, and not like on a subway where no. it's a straight line back.
1: And what they yeah. do is like they just take your money and they don't tell you where you're going because sure, you're like, supposed to already yeah, know. You should
0: know. Yeah.
1: yeah, but it's a very massive, beautiful airport and I loved it. Once was again,
0: with, not what I was picturing, but yeah. then when you showed me the picture of the train station,
1: mm-hmm. wow. Like, their their airport is really beautiful, very modern.
0: I'm sure I'll see it at some point. Yes. Do you have any uh, closing words on the Koreas? Anything else you'd like to say?
1: I would say travel outside of Seoul. Like, I went to Busan. I took the train. There's a movie. It's called Train to Busan. It's a zombie movie. It's a must-see. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie, the zombies, they got it right. <laughs> um <laughs> Did
0: you zombie out on the train?
1: Oh, it was crazy because when I went there, it was exactly like the movie, like the train station that I was at and just seeing things. And there's a, a part in the movie where they're trying to skip over these zombies and they're climbing on the bag holders, like above the seats. And in the movie, they fit nicely in it. So this is how small they are. And when I saw it in real life, I was like, my one leg will be able to see when you fit on that thing like that's how small it was and so just seeing that was just incredible but i do highly recommend to go to busan busan is the second biggest city and if you like the beach that is where you you need to go because it's down south um busan is also well known while during their um it used to be the slums of korea it, uh, the, there's a, a famous village, it's called Gochujang. Uh, no, not, that's the red pepper paste, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kangchang village. Um, but yeah, so there's, it's this village. What they do is like they're trying to make money for their, their city. So they came up with the plan to bring all these different artists in to just go crazy on the in this village. Mm, so what nice. they did was they painted all the buildings like different colors. Um, as you're walking there, like you'll see all these different murals, um, different artwork. There's like this staircase that had like, it looked like books
0: oh, to a library. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's very that's cool. So cool. Like so That is one of the villages you need to go to because it's just incredible. And then, so from this, it made their little, the slums became like, uh, they came in, out of the slums. In like, our
0: community, yeah. Yeah,
1: so it, it was just interesting, and uh, it's crazy because in these, in the slums, like, you'll look down, like, it's houses stacked upon each other, like, and um, while you're, to get to these, to the different homes, there's these narrow staircases that these 70, possibly 80-year-olds are still climbing these stairs. So, yeah, they're very strong women and men, but it's wow. a must-go.
0: Wow, i learned so much from you today. I never really thought about it in, in this context at all, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I feel like, I almost feel like I have to go hear the propaganda war.
1: Oh, you have you know, to. If, you if, have to make sure that you else. go during the, the right time to where they're switching off. Okay, yeah.
0: And does that I assume it's the same time every day it's programmed no, right? They, oh, no, they
1: they take I, I don't know. Possi- I don't know how they switch off, but they do. Okay. Um but yeah, it, it's just we were just lucky during the time that we did go that they they switched off.
0: All I can say is I'm going <laughs> you, you've convinced me.
1: It's a must for go. For sure. I loved it.
0: All right. Thanks, Lome. You're and uh, Cindy, when you hear this, thank you. Travel Commando out.